Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am this year's host, Daniel Kite, formerly known as Always Sony and Kazan. And uh, we're here today to give you all the lowdown and give you some season preview stuff for this coming fantasy season. Uh, I'm joined today with my lovely co-host, the the Vanna White to my pack, Sajak, <laughs> the, uh, the KY Jelly to my peanut butter. Uh, I've got the toilet bowl owner himself, Mikey Campos. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, definitely worth the toilet bowl as the, my team itself was literally a toilet bowl worth of poop. Uh, but we'll keep it at that for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and along with us today, our, our first ever guest on the Monday Morning Tears cast. Uh, you know him as mostly a, a really well-endowed African-American gentleman. Uh, we have last year's, well, you Reggie's Boner Garage here today. We've got Paul V on the podcast today. Yep, yep. What's up, guys? I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> so we're happy to have Paul here today. So... What we're going to do in today's podcast is we're going to run down kind of a, a season recap of what went down in the last fantasy season. Uh, we're going to move then into some training camp and first week of preseason thoughts. We've already seen a lot of action so far, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some draft strategy, kind of who we're thinking, what, what kind of what, what headspace is in as we're moving into the draft. Uh, but before we all do that, Paul's got something really exciting for us that uh, we have to do for Mikey here. Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to let you do the honors here. All right, there. So last year, I was obviously the owner of the Butthurt Bowl. <laughs> so I did bring this today, and we're going to hand it off to Mikey over here. There you go, sir. I'm a witness. I can see the Butthurt Bowl is in Mikey's hands. Mikey is now the proud owner of the Butthurt Bowl. I can't wait to see him take it in to work with himself. And, and put it <laughs> out Smile for the camera so we can get the new picture there. <laughs> Beautiful. Mikey, how does it feel being the proud owner of the Butthurt Bowl? Uh, first time owner, uh, never held this in my hands except for just handing it over to Paul himself the previous year. Uh, I like to see that the toilet's actually fully attached to the actual clock now. It's, it is nice that, yeah, there's something inside that's going on. Paul <laughs> well, hasn't left any sort of, like, ash in there. I mean, you, like gotta, you don't have to bring back old stuff, you know? It's new season. It's new season. So, you know what? Uh, new hopes, new dreams. Yeah, uh, it can't get worse than, uh, than where I'm at right now. So, I'm hoping that one day I can hand this off to Andre or Danny himself. I, I'm really hoping we get to hand it off to Andre. I yeah, mean, if any of us deserves yeah. it, it really is him. I, I'm really gunning for that. Yeah, or it could also go to Chris, and we just see Andre actually pick it up himself as well. Oh, for sure, because we all know Chris does not exist. He doesn't exist. Yeah. I can't wait to get him on the podcast, and it's going to be Andre with one of those voice modifier things. That's Andre's gonna... probably sweating buckets right now. He, he knows, and I just talked to him before the podcast. He was very nervous when I brought it up. <laughs> uh, let's move into our last season recap here. Uh, so, last season... We saw Taras and we saw Kimbert make it to the finals. Uh, Taras was able to squeak it out in the end, defeating Kimbert, a first-time finalist. Taras, Taras is a perennial contender. It really grinds my gears. He's, he's, it's kind of annoying. Like a good team. It's kind of annoying how yeah. good his teams tend to be. And I'm also going to take this time to relive just how butthurt I am about not being in that final. Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen getting injured the previous week, and then my final score in that last week was at least 40 points better than both of theirs. I am still butthurt about it. I could arguably be the owner of the Butthurt Bowl this year because I think it's going to carry over all year. It's a long season. Uh, but I'm, I'm still pretty upset about that. Uh, but if we want to look at some of those – how those teams were successful uh, – 
Tarasa's team don't trust the Juju, I think we can point pretty clearly to three main people that kind of led him to victory there. Uh, primarily his one-two punch of Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. Well, this is like a prime example of, I know we're going to go into draft strategy, but uh, I felt like last year there was two sides of the spectrum of pulling all your money into two guys as it worked out for Taras by doing Todd Gurley and, and Melvin Gordon literally blowing uh, almost two-thirds of his uh, draft points on it. And the other spectrum I'm talking about is Andre, where he did the same thing for two other running backs, and it completely backfired <laughs> on him. his face. Which they were, if I'm not mistaken, David Johnson and Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Yeah. You know, there's always time for Andre slander on this podcast, so let's not to be afraid for it. Yeah, the yeah. champ is here. <laughs> uh, and then we also have his, the eponymous uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I believe still is the best name in football. I, I don't know of a better name than Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, definitely that was a good steal. No one would have thought that he would have put up like no uh, WR1 points with yeah, Antonio sure. Brown still yeah. there. And it's going to be interesting because that's uh, Dante Moncrief moving into that role this year. So it'll be interesting if we if he might be a value pick later on yeah, too. Yeah, there's a couple of a few players that just blew up out of nowhere last year. Yeah, speaking of which, looking at Kimbert's team, Kimbert's team I think is a good example of players like this who blew up. Uh, Kimbert had a team that made it to the final featuring Brady, Nick, Nick Chubb. Tom Brady, of course. No, <laughs> it's not a Kimbert team without Tom Brady. Uh, Nick Chubb exploded in the second half of the year once he finally got that Browns job. George Kittle absolutely exploded as kind of a top tight end. Marlon Mack hit it really hard at the end. You know, Kim, Devontae Adams was just consistently awesome. Uh, I, I hate to say it, it feels really weird to say, but, but Kimbert had a really strong overall team. Uh, maybe not right at draft. Um, I think he did get. Some, I think he got killed off the trade. I do. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, but yeah, consistently pretty solid. And for the most part, if you looked at his team as of last draft, probably wouldn't think it's as strong. Uh, but definitely some key players that stepped up throughout the season, like Chubb and Kittle, and and um, we knew Cooks was going to step up as well. Well, yeah, Chubbs blew up out of nowhere either too, right, as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty salty about Marlon Mack because I, I drafted him early on, and I, I had a feeling that like he was going to be the head in that Indianapolis backfield, but I had to drop him out of injuries and various other things. So when I saw Kimber pick him up and saw him be so successful, it really, uh, again, just made me even more butthurt than I was before. So since we're talking about butthurt, I've already laid mine out there. Boys, do you want to have any butthurt from your teams from last year? Paul, why don't we start with you? Where's where's your main source of butt hurt from your team last year? My team last year, well, fuck Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> R.I.P. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, yes, yeah, so the fact that I wasn't properly logged in while we were drafting, and all you guys over here in this fantasy pool outbid me, so I ended up paying thirty five dollars for Rob Gronkowski. I mean, that sounds like a you. <laughs> um. Also, Julio Jones didn't really pick it up to the end, right? I mean, he's not getting touched on because really was there this year. Really, really toured it up over on that team. Uh, he was still putting up yards, but I believe he didn't catch his first touchdown until, like, maybe – that was, like, week one. Yeah, he was, like, in, like, the middle of the season. Even. Yeah. He was really snake bitten right. for touchdowns last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Mikey, what about you? Any any butthurt you want to get into? Honestly, my team was just uh, literally a starting lineup of utter disappointment. <laughs> just, just sadness. Just pure sadness. <laughs> and, like, uh, there's a lot of players I was excited about. For one, like, you know, getting Jordan Howard. 
Uh, he was coming off like every single season with over a thousand rushing yards, and he looked like he was ready to be a contender for an RB one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess with just the new coaching, uh, he just didn't fit in, and it was just pure utter disappointments all season long from him. Yeah. Uh, I'd also say uh, another one was a huge potential I thought that was going to do well was Royce Freeman. Uh, he had a lot of promise, and then some stupid little shitty Lindsay kid. <laughs> yeah. uh, no offense to him, I'm just pretty salty about it. Shout outs to Danny who picked him up on the waiver wire, I believe. Yeah, yeah, just came in and completely stole the uh, the spotlight from him. Um, the only bright side I would say was Joe Mixon. I thought that Joe Mixon, despite how the Bengals were doing, still had an absolute solid season, which I think he'll still be a good pickup this year, even despite the team hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Joe Mixon a lot this year. Yeah, so but besides that, it's just been utter disappointment, hence why I have the butt hurt bowl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, yeah, before we move on to uh, the training camp, let's look back at last year's auction, because I think there's some really interesting data that can be gleaned here. And Pulling up my papers. Get it out, get the data out there. Uh, one of the things that I noticed right away when I was looking at uh, our auction last year was just how much we paid for those top tier running backs or who we at least thought were top tier running backs. You see prices of 78, 73, 78, 79. We see really, really high prices for the top running backs there. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah. So especially since our budget just to put out there is 200 to spend almost $80. That's almost half of your, it's about 40%. Yeah. 40% when you have to draft 15 players. Yeah, but running backs do generate the most points on your team, you know, usually or at top end running backs. But with the PPR this year too, as well, that'll be an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. It might, I, not, yeah, it might bring the value a little bit lower. But you know, the interesting uh, thing is, you know, it'll make the value a little bit lower. I think it'll make the catch running backs from the back more valuable. For example, like Barkley or. Yeah. You know, and, Christian McCaffrey. And those guys are already the guys that are probably going to go for the most in our drafts yeah, anyways. Yeah. You know, they're already seen as premium talents. Yeah. Um, the only problem I've always had with putting that much money down on one player, especially a running back, is just how fragile the running back position is. Um, yeah, like I, I, I agree. But it's so unpredictable. That's Risk and reward. Is what it is. Uh, if we want to look at some other great ones, some some cheap pickups that happened last year. Some of my favorite that we just saw here looking up. Uh, Victor picking up James Conner, the handcuff, for $1. Think that, that basically saved him from this, receiving the butthurt bowl, I think, yes, this year. Yeah. That was probably a pretty clutch one. Uh, George Kittle going for a dollar to Andre, who then later traded him to Kimberts. Andre probably butthurt about that. Uh, boys, anything else in there you see that uh, stands out to you a little bit? Well, well, my, definitely, well, uh, yeah. definitely Patrick Mahomes for the two dollars. Oh yeah, so that's, that's that's that was a pretty clutch one. Yeah, yeah. Paul. And then we got Cooper Cup one for three bucks. The one thing that Paul is very proud of. Of Cooper course, Cup for three of course. bucks. And Saquon too as well. I actually think uh, I don't think he was drafted, but uh, when we were talking about Danny picking up Lindsay, I think he actually had the best free agency pickups because he also picked up. Uh, is a Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati too? Yep. Which oddly enough, he's probably going to be drafted. I, I wouldn't be surprised if within the top twenty. He, I don't know if he'll be a top twenty wide receiver, but I think he'll. He's definitely going to. Pro- he's going to have a double digit price tag to him for sure. That was a surprise. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. 
He's going to be the, the wide receiver one out there in Cincinnati while A.J. Green is injured. Well, he's injured. He's now 31. He's, he's yeah. It's, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So lots of fun stuff to parse with last year's draft. Lots of regrets. Lots of just missed opportunities. But you know what? That's why we play fantasy, boys, so that we can come back the next year and get it done better. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about training camp and preseason and first week of preseason. We just had the first week of action in the books here. Uh, any of you guys have any major thoughts that stood out to you? Anything that you saw or read in this first week of preseason? Uh, honestly, for me, I've literally only got to watch two games, which were Ravens <laughs> and Ravens. Uh, both teams won, which was great. Ravens actually <laughs> completely Mikey, destroyed. Die hard Ravens and Dolphins fan. How that works, don't ask. <laughs> um, Ravens completely destroyed 31 nothing, but obviously preseason starting doesn't play much. But you know what? Jackson actually looked pretty good. Uh, looked like he had his arm behind him with some accuracy, so that's only a bonus. And uh, But the biggest thing I saw definitely was actually Josh, Josh Rosen out in Miami, and he actually had a pretty solid start and pretty solid game. I think he threw only eight times uh, before total 191, which was pretty promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any any thoughts on like the uh, the Ravens guys? They have this some, you know, They got Mark Andrews at tight end. They got Justice Hill at running back. Anything that you saw from them? Uh, Mark Andrews actually played pretty good. Uh, the only thing I would say is they weren't playing long enough for me to really make something yet, but I'm pretty excited to see what's in store. Yeah, I believe uh, that. Next too, too much looks of people doing the preseason. You know, for the Dolphins, for the Dolphins, I heard there was big buzz about Preston Williams. He's their rookie ride receiver, and apparently he was blowing people away. Yeah, he actually was the one that uh, there was a big highlight of uh, Rosen actually throwing a bomb to him, and he actually got <coughs> uh, above the shoulder. A uh, really good catch, and he's gonna be—he's gonna be—he he could potentially be something big. All right, um, but we'll see. That's the scouting report from Mike here, Paul. Anything that stood out to you? Any, even not even if you watched the game, but like any storylines that are standing out from you early on? I mean, there's a couple storylines. I mean, let's talk about them. Watch the Giants game and the Jets game. Uh, Giants won, obviously, but it's probably going to be the only win during the season. They're probably not going to win a game during the season this year. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. You better hope. I mean, if people are going to draft Saquon with 75 bucks, you got to hope they're at least somewhat in these games. Saquon is going to be the reason why they win a game or two, even <laughs> if they do win a game or two. It's not going to be Daniel Jones. He's not coming in to I save mean, the Giants. See, the thing about Daniel Jones, I watched him play. He was okay. He was pretty good, like the way that he was playing. But at the same time, it's preseason, right? I mean, it's not like there's no pressure, like, on the actual game itself. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to be you're gonna be behind Eli Manning to start the season, obviously, because they've already stated that. But you are obviously guaranteed to be the second string there. And you know Eli's old, so there's no pressure in you to – because you know you're going to eventually start a game. I might actually make a bold prediction right now. Yes. Make a bold prediction. Since we are doing a half-point PPR, I'm going to bold predict Saquon Barkley is going to be the first – NFL uh, running back in fantasy era to finish first in the running back position, 0-16. But you think the Giants are going 0-16? <laughs> yeah, actually, the Giants are going before, to be number one. Before your Dolphins. That, that really is a bold prediction. <laughs> before before your Dolphins, though. Uh, Dolphins, I think, with Rosen is going to win at least at least 3-13. That might be even bolder. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to say Saquon, first over, like, number yeah, one RB. I'm like, that's not bold at all. That is what everyone I thought is you were going to say number one RB touchdowns and number one WR touchdowns. No, but <laughs> the team going 0-16. Yeah. 
I, I, uh, you know, yeah. that might be interesting. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'll take the butter bowl from you. <laughs> I go on one sixty. All right, brother. Uh, you know, another fun storyline that we've had some breaking news on that just a couple hours ago is Antonio Brown uh, had some hilarious stuff happening with first his feet getting frostbitten in the cryo chamber and then talking about his helmet. It just came out that uh, the NFL denied his appeal to use his old one and now he's come out on Instagram saying that he's going to play and give his whole heart. What do you guys think about Antonio Brown this year? See, this thing with this chamber, whatever it's called, what's the chamber called again? The cryo chamber? Yeah. So, did the people not offer him, like, proper footwear to wear or something? Like, Yo, was, he, was he just like, my fucking one of your own shit? That sounds like an A-B thing to do. To be like, yo, I like these boss-ass socks that I have. I don't want to put on no shoes. I'm going to just go in the cryo chamber like this. See, that's his own problem, then. I think he just... that's. I mean, he fucked himself over there. Would, would you target A-B? Is he, Mikey, what do you think? Would you target A-B in your draft? Honestly, uh, the way I feel about our league in general and how much we actually spend on the top guys, I'm not sure. Uh, you have to still, man. You know what? It's a different you team. Know, it's I, Oakland now. You don't know how he's gonna his rapport with Carr is gonna be yet. But um, it's still Antonio Brown. You know uh, of I mean? course, but you know what? I actually personally don't think ABA even had his value from last year. Yeah, right now he's in like snake drafts. He's going as kind of the eighth or ninth wide receiver right now. Does yeah. that does that sound right to you guys? Would you put him like wide receiver eight or nine, or would you just be uh, lower? I might yeah. put it just a tad lower until like mm. the six or seven. Um, well, I mean, there's you mean five. you mean like ten, twelve? You mean correct? Yeah, ten to twelve. Yeah, because there's Hopkins, well, the Jones, like there's Mike Evans. But it's still, it's still Antonio Brown. It's still AB. Like, I mean, he's, he's legendary. He's so talented, the guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. no doubt. Honestly, in true AB fashion, he's obviously on social media crying about how he's not going to play football because of his helmet. But now he just went to social media saying how yeah. much he loves his team and but how he, he is yeah, going he to. I bet, you know, I can't wait to see those episodes of Hard Knocks. I think it's going to be so yeah. good. He's <laughs> not the only one who actually came out upset about yeah, oh, Brady I saw just recently also came out with yeah. that too. So what's the situation with Golden Tate? Uh, did he get resolved already with this uh, P, um, the PEDs? Yeah. I think I think I don't know if he's appealed yet, but I'm pretty sure it's been upheld. I'm pretty he's sure he's been that those, he used like for like, like uh, what was it for his, things, yeah right? like IVF or something yeah, right? like that, which is bummy. That's that I feel like that's too bad. Like it feels like it should be something you can appropriate, but like. At the, did, at the he, same time, it's like every that. every guy is gonna make that excuse, yeah, you know. But it just it's just the fact that like the situation where he, when he's just telling people now it just seems a little sketchy, you know. Yeah. Like, if he was already doing it a long time ago and he knew it had substances that were illegal in the league, you should have mentioned it then mm-hmm. instead of waiting until now when you get caught. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, any final thoughts about training camp or, or preseason that you guys want to bring up here? Uh, the only thing I would say is this late trade that happened recently with uh, Duke Johnson getting shipped over to the Texas. Um, I told it to the to Texas. Uh, the only thing I would say is that the interesting part is uh, two things. Now Nick Chubb's value skyrockets even more because he will be officially truly that three down back, uh, especially with what's his name suspended for eight weeks. Uh, 
uh, what Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt suspended for eight weeks. That um, guy. <laughs> so yeah, his value is definitely going to go up. But Duke Johnson himself's value is going to go up because he was not going to get the playing time there. But we all know how talented of a running back he really is. Do we? Like how talented of a running back really is Duke Johnson? Well, he's <laughs> definitely a running back that is really good from catching from the back. That is his and, specialty. For sure. It's his specialty, but there's not many running backs in the league that ha- are good with that, unless if you are a bell cow. Um, and I just feel like there, the situation in Texas, Lamar Miller is so injury prone. He's not just old. He's old and busted. Yeah, he's just like. old. Obviously, Blue is. He's not even on the team he's anymore. Not, oh, he's not now. No, right? he's not on the team. So I feel like Duke Johnson actually has an opportunity to finally show that he could play three downs. And. Knows. Yeah, he I, he could be an interesting like late season yeah. kind of like and waiver wire. You know guy. that the you know it's going to be open for him because there's so much talent in the wide receiver position uh, that he's never going to get boxed out. He's always going to have his Ooh. opportunities. So he could be a little bit of a sleeper pick depending where his ADP is currently after this draft or this trade. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's move into our final segment here on the podcast today, looking at the upcoming draft. Coming up Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night for you guys, early Thursday morning for me. Uh, I'll be waking up bright and early at 3.45 in the morning to uh, make sure that I'm in the draft there with you boys. How long is your flight anyways? Uh, I think I'm in transit for something like 22 hours or something like that. Two two layovers, one in Moscow, one in Switzerland, so that'll be fun. Um, But yeah, so we got the draft coming up next Wednesday. Uh, Andre was too big of a bitch to have it during the wedding. Uh, doing it then. So uh, let's start by let's talk about some guys that we're really interested in. Let's let's sleepers are always sexy to talk about. Everyone like feels that they have their sleepers. Now at the risk, I don't want you guys, you know, like, don't give away your number one guys because I know you want to keep those to yourselves. I mean, everybody uh, knows who my number one guy is. Who's your number one guy? Who Lamar do you is a safe one. I need to have well, well, he's not a sleeper. Everyone, oh, you mean your sleeper? We're talking about guy. sleepers. Guys not, that guys that you're targeting late that you think could be available for like under five bucks. I'm probably not going to tell. Give me like one idea, like something that you're banding about. I mean, let me get back to you on that. All right, Mikey, <laughs> get, me, get us in here. That's someone that you're thinking about. Uh, as a sleeper right now? Mm-hmm. Well, while you guys think, I'll start off with mine then because – we were talking about it a little bit earlier about Gurley and some of his injury concerns. Mm-hmm. I kind of love the idea of overpaying a little bit for a Daryl Henderson. He's yeah. the guy they just drafted in the third round. Uh, he's apparently flashed three down uh, ability and stuff like that. And if there's a guy that could step in and, you know, really help Gurley and take some of that volume away, I think Henderson could be like a huge guy. And if, and if Gurley ever gets injured for a long period of time, Henderson could shoot right up into the RB1, RB2 conversation. I really like him as kind of a late-round target. It's actually funny you're speaking of of him, Henderson, the rookie, is that uh, compared to last year and even last couple of drafts, there's been some really big-name rookie running backs that was going top in yeah. the draft, and this year we don't have that. Nick Chubb was one of them, absolutely. Nick Ooh. Chubb, Royce Freeman was one of them, too, that, like, I drafted that went uh, up last year. Aaron, Aaron Jones, I believe, was also a rookie last yeah, year. Saquon Barkley, obviously, was the big one. Yeah. Before that, it was Elliott, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, this year we don't actually have that in the running back position, which kind of changes the di- dynamic a little bit in the draft. Well, it's interesting you say that, because there, there are a couple out there. You got your, your, uh, your David Montgomery out in Chicago, who's really going to fill into that Jordan Howard role. And apparently, in his one preseason game, I watched some of those highlights, 
absolutely like massive. Like the dude looks like a running back now. He could be a really interesting target. So. I don't know if he generates as much, much hype as all these other people. That the only like, problem is if he's a north true. and south runner, like he's like he is with exactly how Jordan Howard was. Well, you know what? The beautiful thing I saw there was a great highlight on his touchdown run. He he gets the line and makes this really beautiful jump cut. Like it's not just like barreling straight ahead. He makes yeah. this really beautiful lateral jump cut and goes right into the end zone. So I, I kind of also love David Montgomery. I, I feel like. As the preseason goes on, his value is going to increase. So I don't know how much of a sleeper he'll be, but I really, really love Montgomery. Paul, anyone you're thinking about? It's great podcasting. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not too much of the sleepers right now. I don't know. Okay, so okay, well, who's well? Let's say Mikey. Then what? Who do you got? Anyone that you're kind of interested in? Well, the interesting part is uh, not necessarily for me, but just a dynamic that could potentially happen that happened last year was. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Mahomes blew everybody away last year, yeah. and now the biggest question is this Kyler Murray guy, right? His, uh, how is he going to do out there as a rookie? But um, where would he stand in you in the drafts as of as of right now, and when the preseason goes on? Well, I doubt he's going to go for two dollars. I probably think he's going to go for a little bit more because of what happened with Patrick Mahomes last year. People are probably gonna be like, you know what I mean? Don't want to slip away. I don't think that. he will because in our our league is pretty QB shy. We don't yeah. tend to pay for QBs that much, so he could be a steal there. But then our league also has teams that fucking carry two QBs every single team. Well, that mean? too, right? yes. So. And I and I kind of that that Cardinals offense just seems so sexy right now with with Kyler Murray there. Cliff Kingsbury bringing in the air raid attack from Texas Tech. Like, they're going to be throwing the ball so much out there. It's going to be – it could be really awesome for all those So a question I have for you, actually, is knowing what happened to David Johnson last year, where would he sit with you in the RBs? I think David Johnson is below kind of the tier of – uh, Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey, but I think he's right there. If Zeke signs his contract, Zeke pops right back up in there, but I don't see another running back other than Zeke, who I think offers more value than David Johnson. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to have a huge year. Last year, I believe he went for in the 70s. He was in like, I think Andre paid uh, quite a pretty penny for him. Bring up that stat right when now. He, bring it up. Is he <laughs> in that range him? this David year? Johnson. Hmm? Is he in that price range this year, knowing that how expensive we drafted running backs last I don't I don't I don't, I don't I just don't like paying that much for guys like that. But I, I could absolutely see people in our league paying that much for David Johnson. I think I he's gonna go that much. I mean it's like Todd Gurley. You think Todd Gurley's gonna go for whatever he, he will definitely go for sixty at least. With those knee concerns? Yeah, like he went for seventy eight. I, I will year. say I I am the mock master. I've been doing all the mocks and it's been really rare for me to see Todd Gurley for more than forty bucks. Wow. I might take him for forty. Everyone is really scared of the knee and yeah. that knee tendonitis. But yeah, I agree. It, it's, but if if he ends up not getting injured, then he's an RB one exactly. Right? So, it's it's really so know, his situation is very very similar right now to the situation with seventy dollars. Fournette, what do you think about Fournette this year? Lenny Fournette, oh, that's really injury prone. I Leonard Fournette is a stay away from me. I. D- I don't even know if I would take him for like ten dollars. No, like I I don't want I don't want to deal with that. If he was on the table still for ten dollars, I would take him. 
Yeah. I mean, I probably would too, but the, the, the point is, like, I don't know if I want to deal with those four net headaches. And, and my other league, but also depends on who's left on the board too, right? Of course. And you know what? That maybe will transition us into our, our next part of this. We'll talk about draft strategy. You guys have any kind of approach that you have going into the draft? Any Definitely, ideas? Uh, one strategy is not paying that's yeah so i mean stars stars and scrubs is an interesting one because you know we've seen that kind of actually work pretty well in the past you pay for two big guys you fill out the rest of the roster with value guys i mean even i, I think honestly, we can see that work well yeah it really depends like there's different strategies like you try to get the best like one solid player in each position but we have seen teams in the past go uh wide receiver heavy and then draft mediocre with running backs, and then they turn but it around the season. That's that's when we were doing snake drafts. That's not when we were doing auction drafts, man. Snake drafts is different because we're not worried about what we have to spend, right? Yeah. Like, and, and you're not worried about anyone else taking you because if you pick that person, that's the person on your team. With an auction draft, money's involved and stuff like that. So no, the receivers are never going to be as much as running backs. Right. Top and running backs. Yes. No. Curious thing about that. So the most intriguing position to me, I think, in fantasy this year is tight ends. Because yeah. you have a clear tier of three top tight ends that are just so much better yeah, than the rest of the else. league. How do you guys feel about paying 30 40 even for Kelsey, I've even like a $50 price tag for a 50? tight end? I don't know if I would do that. No. I, I, uh, I definitely wouldn't and pay 50 but 30 is very okay. 30 to 40 when you have a top tier tight end like that, it could be a game changer. Okay. Um, it could win you a week sometimes, but uh, at the same time, you can look at the perspective of there's only going to be three teams in the league that's going to have top tier like that. Mm-hmm. So if like you really aren't fighting, if you just want like the fighting for a playoff spot, you can bulk up in other areas as well. What do you think the top two tight ends are in the league this year? Oh, it's, I think, it, from what I can tell, it's pretty clearly Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Yes. Those guys were, like, head and shoulders above everyone last year, and I it, I would be shocked if that wasn't the case this year. I think we'll have some breakouts. I, I think Evan Ingram's going to have an Ingram. Of course you would say Evan Ingram. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah with there. OBJ gone, there's targets tough for grabs. You know, Ingram yeah. could be up there. OJ Howard also could break out in that Tampa Bay offense. They've I lost a lot of targets. Hunter Henry, people have been talking about Hunter Henry out in uh, yeah, he the Chargers. Injured, yeah, he was injured last uh, year, but he should have he's, a good year. I think there there might be some surprising depth there at tight end, but I, I would be shocked if any of those guys really challenged those top three guys. I don't think anyone's going to challenge, but when you have Kelsey putting up numbers as like a WR or an RB every week, I'm pretty sure last year. It's really interesting. It's so... Last year you averaged like what, like 15, 20 points a game? Something like that. Oh, yeah, it was pretty much either Kelsey or Hill. And and KC doesn't look like it's going to slow down either. That offense still looks amazing. uh, Definitely a strategy in the draft is just grab players from the top offensive teams because you know that it's something's going to happen. The Rams really showed us that last year and the Chiefs even. You know, the Rams... The Rams maintained three kind of top 24 wide receivers as well as like a number one running back. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Jared Goff distributed the ball really well, right? Yeah. And that actually, Jared Goff is a really interesting QB sleeper Mm -hmm. as well. You know, before Cooper Cup got injured, I was looking at some research. Apparently Cooper, I think Jared Goff was something like a QB two or three before that Cooper Cup injury. And then he went down to the QB two, like he went down into like QB 12, 13, 14. He's really interesting. A good question for you guys, because I thought the offense was going to, there's a so I feel like there's still a lot of potential in this offense, but 
the way it played last year was very good. Um, the Lions. I, <laughs> I carry on Johnson. I love you some carry on. Yeah. Carry on Johnson has the potential to fully break out. He kind of showed it last year. I think they have the potential if they can feed him the ball a little bit more. But it's the Lions, the top. brother. You know, um, I, I don't like Lions. that Matt Patricia is their coach. And although the one benefit there is that they brought in the old Seahawks offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, and he's all about the run attack. He is a huge run-heavy guy. Right. He likes to feed the ball. So that does, I think, really increase the carry-on Johnson stock. Also, I think now that Tate's out the door, it's just a one-two punch with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, no, I think there's some interesting value to be found there. I just feel risky because I still think that Lions team is kind of trash. Shout out to Andre, who I believe <laughs> uh, had a, a Lions jacket growing up back in the day. Uh, but... I, I, as much as I love carry-on, I, I have a hard time, you know, wanting to convince myself. Here's a question for you guys. Uh, how good do you think New England is going to be this year? <sighs> so, as, as the resident Patriots fan here on this podcast, it's there's not a lot of offensive weapons there. Unless they shift hard to the run, Brady's got nobody to throw to. He's got Julian Edelman, yeah. who I think is actually really undervalued this year. I kind of love Edelman. Uh but now there's basically just a, a competition for wide receiver two between their first round pick in Keel Harry and this undrafted guy they found called Jacoby Myers. And he's been apparently really impressive in camp, caught two touchdowns in their first preseason game. He's a really interesting guy that if he keeps performing in camp and in uh, preseason, he, he could be some sneaky value. And I've learned one thing, man, from betting – with Kim with that one Super Bowl final when Atlanta was up by 28 points. 28-3, baby. To never doubt Tom Brady. Shout out to Camille and the Dirty Birds. Like, oh, my God. What a terrible... Uh, all I'm going to say game. is, uh, just because I'm a Finns fan and I've seen this division, sadly, for the last <laughs> 20 years, um, I'm just going to say that it's still their division. Unfortunately, until someone actually knocks it down. And I don't think the, the Jets are probably getting closest. Shout out to Victor. The Jets are getting close with uh, the Jets, Sam Darnot, yeah, the offensive pieces. Yeah, the Jets are getting close, but I don't think it's going to be a push. I think the Jets might potentially fight for a wild card. Well, uh, I, think the, think, I think the Jets are going 6 and 10 this year. I'd be shocked if they went. What do you think Bell's going to do? That's another good thing, too. Bell will be interesting. Yeah. Well, Bell's gonna be a cow. But, like he's gonna he's gonna get over three hundred touches that next. Year. You feel good about Bell, eh? A year off isn't gonna hurt him too much. No, I think he's gonna be a workhorse there. Yeah, I think he'll probably want to come back from more being after a year. Um, it's just is he gonna be able to lead that offense? We don't know. Yeah. We, really, we don't know. Um, but definitely, Bills are gonna be in the bottom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think your Dolphins are probably be lower than the Bills. No, I, I like I the, Bills the Bills more than the Dolphins. I'm not going to lie. I, I, think, <laughs> I, like, I, think, I think Josh fun. Allen is actually a really sneaky QB for us as well. He, he might be like this year's Mitch Trubisky, which maybe isn't really saying that much, but he's got the legs. He's got a can of an arm. If he can figure it out and maybe get some chemistry with John Brown, former Ravens receiver, and uh, some of those other guys, I think... Josh Allen and and even that uh, John Brown could be nice late round picks. You think the Browns are going to run away with the AOC North? I don't think they'll run away with it. No. No. I think they're going to be. 
I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they came in second. I think they might come in first. Who do you think is going to win the division? The Steelers, I think, still have still? too good a D, and I think they. The yeah, Ravens are going back Garner. to back. The Ravens are not going to do anything. The Ravens. the Ravens are the worst offensive team, like passing. I, you okay. guys are forgetting. Here's, here's that my bold prediction: the Ravens will have the fewest yards in the air of any team in the NFL next year. I don't think so. I think There's Lamar. Worse I, offensive. I, you know, I had Lamar Jackson as on my team for that last uh, few weeks of the year. That guy could barely throw more than 150 yards a game. I, I also think he's that was his rookie season. He's gonna definitely improve. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think the NFC West will be a good division to watch next year, though. Um, I think 49ers are. I hate to say it because I fucking hate the 49ers, but I think they're gonna be a pretty good team next year. I would just, with Jimmy G coming back. Yeah, uh, Jimmy G and uh, what's the running back that's going to be back? Now well, too? McKinnon just got McKinnon. put on PUP again, though. He has oh. to get like some injections for his knee. That's an interesting storyline to follow because that makes Matt Breda and Tevin Coleman look like much more yeah. intriguing choices. But if Jimmy I, G can stay healthy, I think they have a good shot. So do something out there. So let's let's start to wrap this up before we start getting rambling too much. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask each of you guys to look for what's one thing that you want to really look out for and see in the next week uh, that might inform kind of your draft choices. What's one thing that you're really kind of interested in following? Tough question. Mikey, what are you, what are you, what are you kind of looking for? Honestly, just uh, the injuries, making sure there's no injuries out there and also to see updates on injuries. All right, Paul, what are you thinking? It's the rookies that are going to potentially play next year. You know, like the quarterback Jones, Kyler Murray, if he gets his play, you know what I mean? Just to look off and see how they're doing, right? See if they have any potential. See if they're going to be good. Yeah, in the same vein, I'm definitely looking at their rookie running backs Ooh. there. I'm looking at Miles Sanders out in Philly. I'm looking at David Montgomery in Chicago. I'm looking at Devin Singletary in Buffalo. I want to see those guys flash something and see uh, if they might be worth, you know, even a Josh Jacobs in Oakland as well. He was a first-round pick. He's probably the biggest of all the rookie running backs coming in this year. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Well, with that, guys, we're going to sign off today. Paul, Mikey, thanks for coming down to the basement to do some recording. <laughs> the next podcast will probably be recorded by me in uh, my apartment in Russia, kind of over <laughs> Skype. Uh, so, uh, Paul, thanks for signing off with that cough. Mikey, thanks for coming out. To everybody listening out there, keep crying. Keep crying.